You're listening to the official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Mugecki, and I'm here with the creators and executive producers of Once, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, who will guide you through a recap of Second Star to the Right, episode 221. Hello. 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 So were you looking forward to revealing the Balfire backstory? Absolutely. There had been so many guesses that we saw of people. He's Peter Pan. He's this. And for us, we were so excited to have him go to the Darlings. For us, we always had the vision in our head of him being like an Oliver Twist-like street kid who sees the famous window open and goes through it. And so it was kind of the a little secret we've had all year that we were really excited excited to finally get to share and finally now we don't have to keep it a secret. It was so much fun for us to, to see the audience speculating about what Balefire's story was, who he was, where he came from, and what happened to him after that portal. It was really gratifying to finally be able to reveal it because it's, you know, it's been something we've been planning for a long time and it was fun to finally see the darlings and that whole world come to life. I really love the family. Yeah. For us, Balefire was clearly somebody who, you know, his mother left him. His father chose a knife over him. And so for us, it was important for him to get a sense of he really found a place where he felt like one of the family and people really looking out for him. And then, of course, because of that, he was willing to sacrifice himself like a hero so that they could stay together. When Mrs. Darling invites Bay into the home, it is the first time in a long time that Bellfire has felt like he has a chance at a family. He lost his mother and Rumpelstiltskin becoming the dark one led to a, uh, I guess you would say, a, a not ideal family situation. It involved crushing people under their feet and killing the help and all that. So to have the kindness of a, a family like the Darlings was, I think, a really emotional moment for Belfire. Yeah, I think it was the first time in Belfire's life where he got to relax. You know, I think his father was the town coward. There was always the specter of the ogre wars hanging over his head. His mother had left him. They didn't have the greatest existence, then his father becomes, you know, really the godfather of dark magic, and so everyone's frightened of him and doesn't want to play with him, so I feel like in this moment, he not only got a family, but he got a, what I think matters most to people, especially children, which is someone's looking out for them. You know, for a brief moment, he just got to be a child. And so did the shadow show up at Wendy's window around the same time that Bay yes. arrived? Well, it's exactly. Yes. It, said, it said the shadow showed up about two weeks ago, and I think, you know, it showed up just about, because we know he went to a land without magic, so clearly magic followed him for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it is an interesting twist on the Peter Pan story. Well, you know, the, the inspiration for that was we'd both been huge fans of the Peter Pan story. It was it's one of our favorite stories and when we you know created the show we'd always dreamed of being able to include the Peter Pan story within it so once the rights and all that were worked out so we could it became about how do we weave it into our mythology and that's what the kind of the conception of the Balefire character was and this is really kind of only the tip of the iceberg for us there's so much more we want to do with well it. and I think for us you know what we like to do on the show is Little Red Riding Hood turns out to be the wolf Things aren't what you think they were, even though they may have some of the iconic touchstones of the story. And so for us, you know, we just assume Neverland is the world's greatest place. There's no adults, there's magic, there's mermaids, and Peter Pan gets to be however old he is for as long as he is. And so for us, it was, how do you show Neverland in a way no one's seen before that's still within the spirit of the show? You never think about all of the kids missing their families at night. 
I actually yeah. thought that was a really lovely touch. Mm -hmm. Everyone, when they were a child, was like, I wish I didn't have parents. I wish I could go somewhere where I could have ice cream for breakfast. And you find out that things aren't always what they seem. You know, magic always comes with a price. And Bay really is a hero to me. He asked the Blue Fairy to help him save his dad, saved Wendy's brothers from the shadow, left Emma for her destiny even when he loved her, and then he fought his fiance only to be sucked into another portal. You know, he grew up with a father who was a coward who only became brave when he got magic and then he became corrupted by that magic. And I think for Balefire, you know, he was willing to serve in the Ogre Wars. He understands the importance of family and he understands causes worth fighting for. And the Darling showed him so much kindness that he'd already been on his own, so he was gonna do the heroic thing. He'd been on his own before, at least he got a brief moment of happiness, he was gonna help them. It was important that Henry did not grow up without a family. When he says to her, don't let him grow up the way we did, what he really meant was don't let him grow up unloved. And so he lets himself go once again, and you know, obviously there's a parallel between Wendy and Emma. Earlier in the episode, when Neil caught Mr. Gold terrifying Dr. Whale, Neil's past seemed to collide with his present. Well, it meant for him, I think, that any hope that he had had that his father might have changed was suddenly going away. And I think that he thought his father really was changing, but Lacey brought out the worst in him, and now he's on a bender, and he says, you're the same old guy I thought you were. Gold tells Lacey about the Henry prophecy, and again she pushes him towards the dark side. What would happen to Mr. Gold's goodness if Belle remained trapped as Lacey? Well, that's an excellent question, and I don't think it would be good. I think that, you know, in the way that Belle brought out the good in Rumpelstiltskin, Lacey is kind of fanning the flame of bad in, in Mr. Gold. And it's much easier to do the wrong thing than the right thing, I think we can all agree on. And can you talk about the connection spell that Gold gave Mary Margaret to connect with Regina? You know, that spell was, it was on special that week. You know, and it was... Yeah, it was a blue light special. You know, I think that for us, those two were joined forever. And, you know, Snow had a dark heart. And she was trying, she's trying so hard to lighten it. And, you know, saving Regina, what better way? And so for us, it was, we wanted a spell that could look through the eyes of Regina. Well, what better than combining two tears? And putting yourself in someone else's shoes, literally? Literally. And Tamara mentions a home office, so I'm assuming that they're not working alone. They are not. They are not, and uh, the meaning of the home office becomes clear very soon, perhaps next week. Mm, something to look forward to. Neil's confession to Emma on the beach was really touching. It was one of my favorite moments, that whole scene. What we loved about the relationship is Emma was deeply scarred by it. We saw it in the beginning of the year when she left Hook up there. She wasn't going to trust another person. Henry may have been the first to kind of break through that wall. Her parents try, but she is not going to make herself that vulnerable again. And the more she tells Neil, it was 10 years ago, I've moved on, we know she hasn't. We know it's hard for her to see him living Tallahassee with someone else. Neil has always regretted that day as he actually says out loud. And so for us, it's how do two people who love each other come together when there's so much hurt? And I think that in a lot of ways is what the season has been about because you see Henry trying to redeem his mom. His mom's trying to redeem herself, but she continually looks at people she's hurt and knows they won't forgive her, so she slips, she goes back. And I think it's kind of been one of the bigger themes of the season is, you know, how do you, how do you change yourself and overcome all the hurt that you've caused? Talking about hurt, Greg just can't 
quite grapple with the fact that his father is not there and doesn't believe Regina yeah. and insists on this incredibly severe torture to get the truth out of her. But then when he discovers it, it's almost like he can't quite believe it, even though he's got the bones right there in front of him. He's obviously somebody who has committed himself to a cause, so he is a believer in that way, and I think he just believed his father would still be alive. I think he thought he would see him again. And, you know, I think secretly deep down he probably knew his dad was dead, but getting confirmation of it is, you know, at least if you don't have confirmation, there's the hope, even if it's just one percent chance. And in that moment, you see what happens when hope is ripped out of someone. And we still don't know what happened. No, we, we don't. We don't know whether Regina actually killed him or not. Well, yeah, no. I mean, we did see a skeleton in his vest, so I'm betting on death. But how or why is probably a story still to be told. And yes. that is true. You never know. She could have him locked up somewhere. But I would think yes, that this week would have been the time to tell him the truth. Right. And Emma was correct in the end about Tamara, but it was a little heartbreaking to see Neil betrayed yet again. I think it was, you know, not only heartbreaking, but he got shot and, you know, I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> and his fiance had fooled him for so many, it felt like so many years to me. Yeah, I think what's really tragic about Neil is he's somebody who just wants what he never had, which is a family. And you saw it the minute he found out he had a child, he didn't question it. He, in fact, he was the first to say, is that mine? And the first thing he did is, you know, know, I'm not going to do to Henry what my dad did to me. So I think that, you know, what was so heartbreaking about Tamar is he felt it was real. He thought he had found it. He had moved on. And I think secretly he's always wanted to be with Emma, but never thought that was an option. I think he knew Emma enough to know that it would be really hard to get her to forgive him. So he moved on. And then to find out that was wrong is heartbreaking. To find out someone you loved who never loved you is heartbreaking. And to find out all that time maybe you could have spent repairing something that you originally wanted to begin with is heartbreaking. So all you're left with is regret. I am really secretly glad that they finally admitted their love. Even though it was like right before the moment that he was yeah. away, at least she's got that to hold on to. Seeing Emma say I love you to somebody was very powerful. And to see that connection between the two of them was very powerful. Yeah, even if it had to come at the most tragic moment in his life. So what's your favorite scene or moment from this episode? I think for me, it's watching Emma lose Neil. Like, I mean, as heartbreaking as it is, it was like that was so emotional and so gut-wrenching. And, you know, they both played it so great. But to be at that moment where you can admit those feelings are still there, but then to lose the person you love, I mean, there's nothing, you know, that's more heartbreaking than that. I mean, I would agree with Adam. And then just to add something new, I would say, you know, having been Peter Pan's my favorite fairy tale. So to see Bay when Wendy introduces herself as Wendy Darling, to me, that, that was a fun moment to be able to put him in the darlings. And she's so cute too, that Yeah, actress. she's a great actress. And we have some Twitter questions for you. This question comes from Brooke Summerlin. Last week we saw Regina give her order to kill an entire village. Was this the first time she was evil on that kind of scale? I would say that that level of evilness was, if not the first time, it was early in her career. She was kind of stretching her evil muscles, if you will. Yeah, I would say it's one of the first times. And then, you know, I think that she really had a moment with Snow when she saw what she did and she regretted it. But then when she realized no one will ever look at me as anything other than the evil queen again, she was like, long live the evil queen. And I think she's still trying to fight that label. You see how much she hates it. And with Henry, she's like, if I just do one more really bad act and get rid of all the people who know the horrible things about me, I could be a hero. And so it's this twisted logic of somebody who's trying to be good but just goes about it the wrong way. 
And Melinda Maderos, she would actually really like to know if Henry knows that Emma has magic powers. Henry knows that Emma has magic powers? I think he definitely does. I mean, I think he's, even if he wasn't in the scene of Miller's daughter, he knows that she has magic within her. I think that it's why he wanted to destroy magic. I think Henry has started the year as a believer that magic can be a source for good, and now he's seen it destroy his family. He sees what it's done to his mom, his grandpa, and so it probably frightens him with Emma, and I think a lot of that probably is going to get explored next season. Mirza Olivieria asks, does Regina know that she was tricked by Jefferson and Dr. Whale. Does she know she was tricked by Jefferson and Dr. Whale? What she does know is that Rumpel used her to create the curse. What she does know is that he conspired to make her a pawn, which is why she says, your curse, when she gets finds out that uh, Rumpel is Henry's grandfather. So she may not know all the specifics, but she certainly understands that her strings were pulled. Does it really matter if she doesn't know? No, because she got her answer this year in episode five, which was when she tried to bring Daniel back and what Rumpel said in the past is still true today which is you can't bring someone back from the dead. And this last question comes from Heather Bungard. She's looking forward to seeing Hook's backstory explored and she's asked for any hints on that front. I'd watch the finale. Yeah I mean we're gonna get another chapter in the backstory of, of our beloved and reviled Captain Hook next week. Eddie and Adams, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, Wanzers. Thank you all for watching and listening. Yeah, and hey, there is a new book, Reawakened, everybody should check out. It is kind of a chronicle of some of the events that we have seen in Once Upon a Time. It's now available as an ebook and in stores on May 7th. Fantastic. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in. If you'd like to be part of our last session for the season, please tweet your question to at ABC underscore publicity. Please join Eddie and Adam next week for the final podcast in season two and tune in to Once Upon a Time next Sunday, 8, 7 central on ABC for the finale episode and all episodes will be available the day after air on abc.com. 